so about three months ago, I announced that I was launching my very own newsletter business and that I would be sharing with you the whole process transparently. So in the second installment of this series that I'm calling the Road to 10K Subscribers, very arbitrary goal as I will share more about, I'm coming back to share how things have been going. So needless to say, spoiler alert from the title of this episode of this update, things haven't been going that well. And I'm diving into some of the roadblocks and mistakes that I've made and some of the solutions that I'm putting in place to help me stay on top of this newsletter business. As many of you or some of you who are probably new to me may know, I not only host the She's Off Script podcast, but I now have courses and resources that I provide to my audience and I also consult for businesses. So this newsletter business is very much a side hustle and I think that is part of the adjustment that I did not make. So we will dive into that and so much more in this update. Hi Offscripters, it's your host Sewa Pele, and welcome to episode 192 of the She's Off Script podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. With that, let's go off script with my newsletter business building update. So to catch you up in case you missed the first update in this series, I've launched a newsletter called the Offscript Weekly. It comes out every single Saturday, or at least it was supposed to. And this was my opportunity to share my perspective, opinion, and take on business headlines that are going on out there. And I also used it as a place to gather up all the resources that I personally found helpful as I am building my Offscript business and lifestyle. So I did have a great time putting together the newsletter. However, after that initial launch, I only put out the newsletter three more times. So a total of four newsletters went out. So that's essentially staying consistent for about a month. So in this update, I'm going to be sharing what went wrong. Why did I fall off? And the first thing that I know went wrong is that I didn't define what success looked like for me. I did have this arbitrary goal of 10,000 subscribers, but I know that's measurable, but I did not put a timeline on it and I didn't have any intermediate steps that I was going to take in order to accomplish them. So business 101, you need KPIs, you need key performance indicators. So I did a little bit of research to figure out what are good KPIs for the newsletter business space. And I will share some of those with you. And I think for me, as far as setting some goals and figuring out what success looks like, I think I will start with those as a benchmark to see if I'm underperforming or just on par with my industry or if I'm beating industry standards. So as I mentioned, MailTrimp is my email marketing provider. And because they service so many different types of business owners or people who send newsletter emails, they've been able to identify how all of these emails are performing across different industries. And so the industry I fall into is business. So I went and took a look at number one, what are the KPIs I should be tracking? And on average, how are they performing within my niche? The first KPI to track is your delivery rate. Essentially, when I hit send, how many people actually receive it? Not how many people open it, that's a separate KPI, but how many people receive it? The odd thing I found is a couple people signed up to my email newsletter list, but they used 
a weird random email address that wasn't a real email address. So immediately it bounced when I sent them my automatic welcome email. So that is problematic because I may have a certain amount of people on my list, but if people are submitting for some reason invalid email addresses or they make a mistake when they're typing the email addresses, it really does not help. So that's one, how many people receive it. And on average, it needs to be over 95%. The next KPI is your email open rate. And for this industry, it's typically 21.56%. So for example, if I have 100 people on my email list, only 21 of them are likely to open up my email to begin with. Now, chances are, hopefully, you only have people on your email list that opted in, meaning that they sought you out and they put their email address in and said, yes, send me emails. Now, we're all busy. Some of us may forget that we signed up for the inbox. Some of our interests may change and we may decide that we don't even want to read the email when it comes in or it hits the spam inbox. Either way, not everyone who signed up for your email list is going to open up the email. So that's one thing that you need to work on is how can you entice people using the right subject lines to open up your emails to begin with. The next KPI is clicks. If you're looking to monetize your email newsletter business, it's a business after all, you want to generate revenue with it eventually, you need people to be able to take action. And if you're looking to make money through affiliate income, you want people to click on links within the body of your email to take that further action in order for you to gain income from it. So if for some reason people aren't clicking your links, then you don't make money. The industry standard in this field, my field of business, is 2.76%, which means only 2% of people are going to actually click on any links within the body of the email. So you need to really fine tune the content of your email so it's attractive to even more of your audience so that they are more inclined to click on the links within the body of your email. Next is the unsubscribe rate. So of the people who have opted into your emails, have you spammed them? Have you annoyed them so much that they decide that eh, this isn't for me anymore and they unsubscribe? That industry standard is 0.2%. So you definitely don't want high turnover on your list. And then the final KPI that I want to be tracking is the month over month growth rate. Now, this growth rate was really difficult to find. I wanted to find something out there. No one was really willing to commit on what a good growth rate was, but I did find that 5.2% is a good target for a monthly email list growth rate. So can you add 5% more people every single month? So now I want to share how my email list actually measured up against all of these industry standards. First of all, audience growth. If 5.2% is the target month over month, April, May, June, it looks like I've been growing even though I haven't been publishing. And that has to do with where I've been talking about my email list and the breadcrumbs and links that I've sent out into the internet that people are coming across. So we'll talk about that later. But yes, it is growing. 5.2%. Um, if that's my target, I'm doing okay with that. As far as the open rate, when it comes to engagement for my email newsletter, the open rate here is 
51.5%. And so is the click rate, which mm, that seems a little bit suspect, but okay. Meaning that people are opening up my emails as much as they are clicking on my emails, which is extremely high. Meaning that everything I'm sharing is relevant to the people who are coming onto my list, which is great to see. As far as the total unsubscribes, there have been two people who have unsubscribed from the email list. That's not too bad. And then they've cleaned one email from it, meaning that that's that one email I mentioned where they probably either mistyped it or it was just something random spammy that they were trying to who knows do what. But this gives you a little bit of a sense of the things I should be tracking month over month. Now, as far as the things that I do that help me achieve these targets, we'll have to talk more about that. But I certainly need to do something in order to make sure that my newsletter continues to grow. The next problem I faced is the fact that I don't have any systems in place that help me stay consistent because I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants and letting things fit in wherever they could. As soon as I got busy, I fell off. So for example, when it comes to my podcast, I have systems in place for pitching new guests and editing and things of that nature. When it comes to my consulting business, I have similar systems in place for delivering client work and things of that nature. So I don't understand why that was such a big oversight for me where I did not put systems in place. As I mentioned, this is very much a side hustle for me that I'm not going to see immediate return on my time investment because I have other streams of income that I I need to pay attention to. So I needed to have figured out where am I going to find the time to not only research the information that I plan on putting into this newsletter, but write every single day. I've heard of other newsletter writers or just artists in general. I think I saw something about Jerry Seinfeld would sit down every single morning for a set amount of time. And his mandate was, you don't have to actually write, but you can't do anything else. You got to sit here. So his goal was to write jokes and comedy skits every single day. And perhaps that's what I need to do. So perhaps every single morning I need to set aside an hour where maybe on Mondays I research all the news from the last week. On Tuesdays, I can kind of start drafting my opinion on the different pieces that I want to highlight. Wednesday, I look for resources and links to share with you guys. And then Thursday, I start putting together the draft. And then, you know, by Saturday morning, everything is ready to send out. But I need to allocate time in my already pretty packed schedule to devote to the newsletter. If I think it's important, then it's worth carving out time to invest in it. Because I will tell you what, the media landscape, the business landscape is changing so rapidly that you can't be dependent on any one platform. YouTube, for example, has creators reporting 90% drop in their revenue from AdSense. And so if AdSense is your only stream of income for your business, you're in trouble. So I imagine that newsletters are going to become an extremely valuable asset to have as a business owner in the future, especially if in the future, I don't necessarily want to show up with my voice and with my face on podcasts and YouTube videos. I may just want to be able to write to a community of people who are willing to hear from me or who are excited to hear from me. So it's important to start to cultivate 
all of these things, even if it's going to take me a little bit of time to get there, to me, it's worth it. So that is kind of the solution I'm implementing is that I'm going to have to carve out, even if it's 30 minutes every single day to do something that's associated with the newsletter. So come Saturday morning, it's ready to go. As a side note on this point, I'm also rereading Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it's a great book I've read a couple times on how to establish habits. Like he has some great theory and science around how good habits are formed. So if you haven't read that book, that's a great book to read. So the next problem I encountered is I think my newsletter promise is just too broad. So let me read you what I have out there on my LinkedIn banner, on my Twitter banner. So it says, join other women entrepreneurs getting the latest curated take on business, finance, lifestyle, and wellness trends in their inbox every Saturday. So that's a lot. Now, this goes hand in hand with the systems before, right? I don't necessarily have systems in place to be able to curate all of these different categories every single time. And I think I need to learn to be okay with it. If there's something in the wellness business crossover space that catches my attention that week, then I'll probably put it in the newsletter, but I probably won't have all of these categories every single time. Right now, I'm not necessarily going to refine that further. I don't think I have enough data when it comes to seeing what's resonating most with people. I think over time, if I find that business wellness crossover isn't really resonating with my audience, then I cut it entirely. But if I find that maybe certain things that I share really pop off, then I know that, okay, this is just going to be a hit or miss category. And depending on how trending or hot button the issue is, then I may or may not get a response from people. I do know that one of the takes that I did share on the newsletter got a lot of traction. I shared a piece on why I fully expected Beyonce's collaboration with Adidas to fail like it did. And a lot of people were like, what? What are you talking about? Let me go read that. And so I love doing hot takes like that, especially within the business arena. So I'm going to have to be very mindful of how I'm curating these different pieces to make sure that I get to flex that muscle where I'm sharing my opinion and my subject matter expertise, but I'm also doing things that are going to be resonating with the audience. Another thing that I did share that people liked is I shared a kind of designer versus Amazon dupe purse that I had found that if you're into designer fashion, if you're into just looking good in general as a female entrepreneur, it resonated with some, it didn't resonate with others. So I'm testing out these different categories. And while I'm testing it out, it can be taxing. So the key here for me or the adjustment that I need to make is that I don't have to share all of these different categories in all of the issues that go out. In fact, I do follow some newsletters where their newsletter is literally one sentence and the one sentence contains a link to another blog post or a podcast that they've done that week. And that's it. 
That is their email newsletter. And they have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people subscribe to their inbox. I mean, I think there are times when that newsletter is a little bit longer because they're doing a broader aggregation of different things that they found interesting, but it's just a series of links. So I need to be open to the fact that I don't need to do too much. We live in a world where you can have a TikTok or an Instagram reel that just runs away and all of a sudden you have 500,000 views on it or a YouTube video takes off and you have 100K views on it and you're like, wow, it really was impactful versus a genre like a newsletter, unless you share a tweet about it and it goes viral and a ton of people go looking for the original newsletter and sign up, you're not likely to see a ton of rapid growth. At least that's my perspective on it. So I think I got frustrated too soon and it's a natural reaction, but it's also a reaction that I have advised many of you not to have when you're starting a new business because you are not going to get that instant gratification or that instant payoff on your business. I am probably a couple years away from being able to monetize this business. So I need to treat this time as an investment. But that being said, there are a few things that I would like to try. And in doing some research, I came across a few different ways that you can start to advertise and market your email newsletter. And I did share a little bit of the progress and things that I was testing out in a section within my email newsletters, but this is kind of the conclusive list of everything that I am planning on trying. Probably, of course, not all at once, but I think I will call out a few. So the whole list includes free workshops in front of another audience, paid promotion in different publications, upscribe recommendations, social posts on Twitter and LinkedIn, the LinkedIn newsletter, perhaps, a paid Spark Loop Partner Network and Twitter ads. Now, of all of those items, which I did come across, I'm blanking out on the newsletter, but I will share the newsletter post that I got this list from. But of all of them, I think I'm going to try the ones that were most effective for him, which were advertising in another newsletter. You really have to do your due diligence when it comes to the newsletter that you're going to be advertising in because there has to be some overlap or crossover when it comes to your audiences because there's no point in advertising to an audience of Formula One racers who have maybe a little bit of interest in baking and you're a baking newsletter, right? It makes no sense. So you have to make sure to do your due diligence so you do get the return on your money. Um, the next thing that I think I'm going to try is perhaps take some sort of a course on how to communicate more effectively on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Because there are people I follow on Twitter and LinkedIn who are constantly sharing their expertise and the way in which they do it is helping them grow their email newsletters. I don't quite know how to do that. And I think I'm a big believer in leveraging resources like courses because there are people who already know how to communicate effectively on LinkedIn and Twitter and it's getting them results and they are sharing their cheat code. So why not leverage that? So I'm probably going to take one of those courses to learn how to share snippets of what's in my newsletter in a way that drives traffic back to my site on LinkedIn and Twitter. So stay tuned for whether or not I do end up taking those courses and how it impacts the growth of my newsletter. Next, I need to do a little bit more research into 
Spark Loops Upscribe network. I'm already set up with the newsletter. So currently, if you sign up for my newsletter, you will get a pop-up that encourages you to sign up for other newsletters that I'm recommending. The catch here is that that is just part of a free setup that they have. Ideally, the people on the list should also be recommending me. It should be some sort of a network that you set up. So as of yet, I haven't been able to get people to put me on their pop up. So ideally, if their newsletters are growing, mine is growing, we're able to at least recommend each other in that way. But there's also a paid side of this where you put your newsletter up and pay something like $2 a click or $3 a click. So people who want to monetize their newsletters in that way, then know that if I put so-and-so on my pop-up list, she will pay me every time someone joins. So I need to figure out if I do want to allocate some budget to the paid side of Upscribe. So stay tuned for that. But those are three ways that I think I'm going to be able to get some sort of traction when it comes to my newsletter growth. But the moral of the story here is there's no overnight success. I need to be patient. I need to take my own advice and make sure that I'm actually doing the work. I know Everyone is busy, and if this isn't your bread and butter, it can fall through the cracks fairly quickly. But when I think back to when I first started my business, when I first started my consulting company, when I first started this podcast, it was a slow grind, right? And thankfully, I'm now in a position where I have some name recognition and people are able to recommend me to other people, and it's really helped my business grow. So something new like this newsletter business, I need to intellectually know that, okay, it's not going to grow overnight. It's going to take time before people start recommending my newsletter to others. I already know the content I have in there is fire. It's helpful, but it's going to take time before other people know the same. So I just need to keep doing the work, which I will, and I will continue to share with you all. So if you're interested in hearing how the next iteration of my newsletter goes, what changes actually do help me grow? Are there new roadblocks that I'm going to face in this journey? Are there new successes that I'm going to have in this journey? You better stay tuned. You better make sure that you have subscribed so you don't miss the next update that I put out. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Off Script, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Off Script.com. All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode. Bye.